The Lance Wall Now Show is coming at you live from the master himself, with a special broadcast taken from one of Lance's most recent appearances. Tune in and get ready for some major revelation. So here's the deal, Lucille. The church world has a religious spirit. It's a religious principality that comes down on it and says, well, this is like the Civil War right now, and you know what? Um, this is a pretty serious, a lot of serious issues going on here. You rise above it all and preach the kingdom. Focus on the kingdom. Focus on things that unite rather than divide. Well, that's okay. Is it biblical? I'm sitting there. I'm just so frustrated because the Lord keeps on bringing me into controversial verses I don't want to see in the Bible. I'm serious about this. And while I was here, while I was here, I said, oh, Lord, what's going to happen there in Colorado Springs? The Lord says, oh, I'm going to do something in Colorado Springs that's going to cause the gospel to go forth with such power that every single person in Colorado Springs is either going to have an opinion for the move of God or against the move of God, but there's going to be a move of God. I said, oh. I said, I need some Bible verses for that. Go to Acts if you've got a Bible. Acts chapter uh, 13. Now, when the congregation had broken up, the, uh, the following week, Paul and Barnabas were speaking and persuading on the next Sabbath, verse 44 of chapter 13 of the book of Acts. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together in Colorado Springs to hear the word of the Lord. Now, the word of the Lord is being preached in Colorado Springs. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. Who are the Jews? The Jews is anybody who is losing power and influence in Colorado Springs because Jesus is having a people that are submitting to him. It could be pastors that don't like the revival. It could be progressives that don't like what you're doing in the schools. But I guarantee either they're going to be for Jesus or against Jesus if we do our job. They won't all be for Jesus because we do our job, because even the book of Acts didn't have a city completely for Jesus. The best you can get is everybody got to hear, and half of them chose smart. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, contradicted and blasphemed and opposed the things that were spoken. Media articles started coming out. Commentaries started coming out. Accusations started coming out. Oh, but what did Paul do? Paul and Barnabas grew bold. What we're going to do is we're going to be strong, have our tent meeting. We might even just extend the tent meeting. It might keep going. If it gets really controversial, it'll just keep going and blowing. I never thought Asbury should have shut down in the first place. It was, I mean, my gosh, I'm reading all these pious commentaries from my friends. They made the right decision. They made the right decision. Uh, Tucker Carlson wanted to come down. Who thought Tucker was going to be kicked out of Fox? He was willing to go down there with a film crew. Never let that happen again. When the world comes saying we're hungry, we want to see. Well, you go up in the balcony and don't disturb anyone down here. Tucker, come down, sit in the front row, put your film crew up there. We don't want this to become, a, you know, distracted. But we want you to see and we want the world to know what Jesus is doing. We missed it. Oh, and all because of a sanctimonious superior spirituality that had to say, oh, we're so pure. We don't want the world in here watching this. We're going to focus on the, on the youth and on the move of God. Your job, you're, you're already saved. Do you understand revival is for the vibe? Re is to go back to. Vival is for the living. That means when you're dead, God has to relive you. Revive. You are revived because God came back to vibe the unvibe to get them back on being vibed again. 
So the next time the world comes knocking on the door to come see Jesus, let him in. And don't shut it down. Yes, it's inconvenient. You guys pray for a move of God. You worship the way you do. You sing the way you do. You pray the way you do. It's not my fault if God shows up. You're asking him to. But half the time when people ask God to do something, they have no idea what they're asking. I have a real overweight, obese pastor friend of mine. I swear he's 480 pounds or something. And he won't fly anywhere. He won't hardly leave the church or his house. He's got a special chair he sits in, furniture at home, special chair there in the front row of the church. And he's got great elders he's grow up with. They all take care of him. He's anointed as anything, but he admits he's got an, a weight problem. I said, well, why don't you honestly, brother? Why don't you, why don't you go travel? You got a great word, man. People don't hear it. Well, truth is, I, 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 uh, I'd have to buy two seats on a plane and I don't visit because when I show up, it's common that most furniture isn't prepared for me. And I break things. So I have to go to certain restaurants, have certain chairs. I'm not proud of it, but I'm aware of the fact that I've broken furniture just by visiting. And I thought, the word for glory is kabad. It refers to weight. And when you ask God to show up, you're asking the 500-pound guest to come sit on what you built. It's like Groucho Marx said, if you climb that tree and fall down and break both your legs, don't come running to me. (laughs) The church has separated itself from the culture and thinks it's superior for its isolation because it's focused on spiritual things, not natural. When in fact, here's the new model. God wants the church, which is, I'm going to call it the apostolic church, which is what you guys are, whether you realize or not. He wants it to become the hub. You're a hub church in the nation. So that those that are involved in business, those that are involved with education, those that are involved with youth culture, those that are involved in social media or any kind of communication, those that are involved with government, those that are involved with families and family matters, those that are involved with ministry activity, all of those mountains or all of those fields, they actually form a walled perimeter around a city that creates a healthy city. It's because we withdrew from all these areas and went over here and and substituted the kingdom of God. We focus so much on revival that we miss the business of reformation. Revival is for the church. Reformation is for the city. God's no longer sending visitation to us for us. He's sending visitation to us for them. Right. 
The primary aspect of Jesus over here is Jesus, the lover of your soul. Jesus, the forgiver. Jesus, the fixer-upper of your bad marriage. Jesus, the deliverer of your addiction. It's Jesus, the lover, the Lamb of God who saves you from the sins of the world. This is Jesus, the good shepherd over here. Mostly that, not much warrior. But when you go over here to the Reformation side, you get Jesus, the warrior, because the devil is occupying those high places. How are you going to pull out what we've allowed to get in? If drag queen hour and gay affirmation is normative in the classroom, and you show up and say, well, I'm taking my child out of that. Well, you see what we've done is we've created a problem because at record numbers, we're pulling our kids out of schools, but we're leaving the secular institution further entrenched by the devil. At some point, someone's going to have to go up to the top of these mountains where the gates of hell are located. That's where the ecclesia is supposed to go. That's where small groups of believers go. And, and the local church here should be populating. So over here on the Education Mountain, we should have two, three, or four people that are meeting together in that Education Mountain. They're the ones that actually in proximity to the gates of hell, not us. I'm a pastor over here in the church. But what I do is I show up and go to the meeting with the educators. I'm like Deborah traveling with the general who has to go to combat. You could do this without me, but you'll probably feel better if I'm sitting there with you. So I'm here to anoint you, pray for you, stand behind you, and encourage you in what God's calling you to do. But this is your mountain, not mine. I'm here. My job is to see you take that mountain for Jesus. Hey, let's take a moment right here and talk about something. You know, these programs are actually paid for by sponsors. And so the one thing that I always do is try to pick the sponsors that have the greatest value. Those are the ones that I myself believe in. Now, the Birch Gold Group is one of those key sponsors, and I'll tell you why. The economy is the area that I'm the most concerned about in terms of instability in the future. Do you know that right now, China and Russia and India is meeting with Saudi Arabians and South Africans to create an alternative economy, to basically crush the dollar. This is gonna have a massive effect on the stock market, on real estate. It'll be a real shaking. But you don't have to be shaken because there's a way you can protect your retirement, your 401ks, your IRAs, by connecting them in with gold. Gold is unique in history in that it's a place of stored value. In fact, those BRICS nations of Brazil and Russia, India and China, they're going to be backing themselves with, guess what? Gold. So be smart. I want you to go to lancewallet.com forward slash Birch and get a free information kit. Get knowledge. Act quickly. Don't wait. And they're going to be able to help you make a great decision on what to do. Remember, that information is free with no strings attached. Do it now. lancewallet.com forward slash Birch. I said to the Lord, this is strange theology, Lord, because this is the church. The Lord said, oh, no, this is the apostolic center. This is the church where they all gather. But you're supposed to go ye into all the world, not supposed to be ignoring all this and just trying to fatten up this one. Therefore, every one of you might get that tap on the shoulder from the Holy Ghost telling you, 
I'm calling you to run for office. I'm calling you to go to that board meeting. I'm calling you to get involved with the city council. I'm calling you to get involved. Oh, yeah. You'll go from the popcorn popping signs and wonders enthusiast to the actual front lines with the move of God. I said to the Lord, I said, I need to have some Bible for this. Lord said, all right, we're going to call this. If you'll do that apostolically, the apostolic church over here can be a mega church. You know why it can be mega? Because it has mega impact on all these other mouths. The devil could care less how big you are on Sunday. What he fears is how much influence you have on Monday. That's the first time I've said that. I like that. We need to write that one down. So I'm looking at Daniel. Lord says, go to Daniel in Babylon. Here's Daniel in Babylon. This is Babylon. This isn't, this isn't Colorado Springs in the United States. Babylon. And Daniel is in government. They're on the government mountain. Poor Daniel, the nice Jewish boy, on the government mountain, he's meeting in the house. The Lord took me to the second chapter of Daniel. Why? Because the moment they're there, his life is in danger because the king, Nebuchadnezzar, has a dream, and he can't remember the dream, and he's got a bunch of soothsayers and occult practitioners supposed to be, you know, miracle workers on his payroll, and he has a fit like some dictators have. He said, what good are you guys? I think you're all fake. I think I'm getting taken advantage of by all of you. I had a dream. I know it was supernatural. Tell me what it was. They said, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you the interpretation. He said, no. Now I know you're bargaining for time. Remember, you're all dead. If you don't tell me what the dream is, I'm going to start. I'm just going to get rid of you. I don't need this department in my government. Tell me the dream and the interpretation. Well, poor Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the poor little Jewish boys. They didn't ask for this. They were, they were the children of elites back in Jerusalem. Their parents' generation screwed up. And they gave up their privilege and their freedom and got taken by a foreign power. And now poor Daniel swept up in the first wave. Oh, worse than that, after that, then they castrate him when he's working for the government so they can never, as eunuchs, they can never impregnate a woman and create a dynasty influence because these are the most influential people in the court. Therefore, they have to, there can be no competition from them having children. It's a high price for those kids to pay for their parents' sins. But while he's there, he's not bitter. He says, I, I have a destiny. I'll fulfill it. Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord says, seek me. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In a house, seek the Lord. In the government of Babylon. And that night, a vision, a dream, a revelation comes to Daniel. He enters into the dream life of Nebuchadnezzar. He sees the dream. Sends the message. Tell the king, I've got the message. I've got the dream. And the king goes, wait a second. Not the interpretation, but the dream also? I got it both. Oh, this will be interesting. Nebuchadnezzar says, all right, let's hear it. Daniel, boom, 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 tells me exactly what it was. The king falls on his knees. The Spirit of God hits him. He says, your God is the God of gods. There's nobody like this God. Daniel is immediately exalted. His, his situation is reversed. He says, I want my four buddies to all be working in the administration. You, okay, you're, you're whatever you want, buddy. You got, you got some juice on you. You and your four friends from uh, Israel? Yeah, okay, good. Work together. He promotes them. What? In government in Babylon. God judges a disobedient nation by a foreign government and then puts his people as influencers in the foreign government. 
I said, what do you call that, Lord? That's not a mega church. The Lord said, no, it's an ecclesia. I said, what is that? He said, it's a micro church. He said, remember this, micro churches is where the ecclesia, four or five or six or seven go in right up against the gates of hell. And they don't know what's coming because down here they can see us waving our flags and blowing our shofars. But in government, they don't know who you are. You're what we call ninja sheep. Microchurch, in education, sabotage. Pray, get the mind of Christ, bind the devil. I will build my ecclesia, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell. The gates of hell, located at the top of these formidable, at the business top, in the, in the media, in government, in education. I'll put you there. So you see, there'll be some altar calls. Dedicate your life to the Lord. Come with that wave. Next wave, make yourself available to serve in some aspect of the warfare in your city. Are you willing to be a missionary? Are you willing to be a, you, if you're willing to answer the mission call, it's going to be just as real as if you had to go to China or Mozambique, you're going to be going into one of these missionary areas. You may be going into media for all I know, but you'll hear it. You'll feel your heart thump, 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 thump. Oh my God. What is the Lord saying? Because that's when you have real altar calls. That's what it feels like. Does this make sense to you? Because when Colorado Springs has an army that's raised up, then we're, then we're cooking with peanut oil. Now, let me give you one more thing just for you. I didn't, I, this wasn't the sermon I was going to do, but since you mentioned about nations. and the, You got this? Microchurch, ecclesia, gates of hell. Nobody, you got this about the apostolic church here? You with me on this? Got this about the seven mountains of culture? How come these verticals have to be, you have to go in? All our revival, prayer, supernatural exploits, signs and wonders people need to go over here and unpack it. You got Jesus the lover, Jesus the warrior. All right. So let me share with you real quick what's going on when Jesus comes. What's going on with the world right now? Because you're going to be seeing all kinds of weird efforts, digital currency, global pandemics, what's the CDC and the World Health Organization, and the, the idiots we have that are willing to give up American sovereignty to the world because, after all, the globalists really don't care. The reason why the border is ruptured isn't because we don't have a, a solution. We have a solution. No, the, the Democrats don't want to stop the border, and I can't understand the apathy and the stupidity and the weakness of all those Republicans that, that aren't trying to stop it either. For some reason, you're going to be overridden by about 200, probably 30 already, and another 50 million foreigners until America is, uh, is invaded by other countries. And then they'll be all allowed to vote for a socialist system that promises them free iPhones and free money, which will collapse the economy completely and put permanently the new dictatorship in charge. You think they're incapable of that? Well, you explain to me why they're doing this. Somebody's letting it happen. And it bothers me. And I say, all right, Lord, what do we do? Because I got done telling you, sometimes I got to be warrior, sometimes I got to be lover. I got to be checking to see what works with what in situation. But at least I have options. I'm not all stuck in lover mode and I'm not a perpetual warrior. So here's what I want you to see. There's a great book called The Virtue of Nationalism. 
It's a, uh, it's a scholastic book by Yoram Hazoni. If you don't want to read it, that's fine. Go to one of the Dennis Prager videos and watch seven minutes. You'll get an education. Yoram Hazoni wrote a book called The Virtue of Nationalism. He is a Hebrew scholar at the Hebrew University in Israel. But his whole point was this. He said, throughout history, there have only been three kinds of entities. He said, there is tribalism. Tribalism is when one tribe is against another. This is what the devil's trying to do in the United States. He's trying to get the heterosexual against the homosexual, the black against the white, the upper class against the lower. He's trying to produce all kinds of division and strife and discord because the more divided you are, the easier it is to take you. So tribalism, which can even become political, I'm sorry to say. I remember during 2020 when the Lord, I was saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, you gave me a word as to who was going to be president last time. And I got 2016, it would be Donald Trump. I was right. Now everybody's coming to me saying, what's going to happen with 2020? And the Lord can give me any clarity. I went to him. I went to the book of Joshua. And I saw this. Joshua crosses over into the new day. And when he crosses over, he runs into a, a man with a sword drawn. And he says, are you for us or for our enemy? And the angel of the Lord says, neither. But as a captain of the Lord of hosts, I've now come. Take your shoes off where you're standing as holy. And right away, Joshua realized he wasn't dealing with a Gentile. He wasn't dealing with a Philistine. He was dealing with God. And God wasn't on Joshua's side. You know why? Because God isn't in the business of endorsing your opinion. The question is, whose side are you on? And if you're a Democrat and God's not on that side, you're fighting with God. And it doesn't mean that a Republican is automatically blessed either. It means you better find out what the Word of God says and be on God's side because God's not endorsing your politics. <laughs> Tribalism produces anarchy. The Crips and the Bloods, they're going to fight over territory in the backyard. Over here is the spirit of empire. This has existed since the beginning. It was Nimrod at first, then it's Egypt, and then it's going to be Greece. It's going to be Babylon. It will be Rome. In the end time, it'll be 10 nations, which is going to be under the beast. The empire spirit does not respect any nation's boundaries. It expands and expands, and it assimilates everyone into the empire. And at the heart of the empire is one nation that is ruling it all. Right now, China is the emerging heart of the new empire. But in the middle, God had a unique solution he introduced to Israel. He said, not tribalism and anarchy, not empire, which just assimilates and conquers, but rather a nation state. A nation state has certain characteristics. It has physical boundaries. It has a common language. It has a common culture. It has a common history. The boundaries of that nation are big enough to encompass all the various tribes. We had 13 called colonies, but they eventually decided to become the United States of America because those colonies, when they went to war with Britain, weren't sufficient to defeat Britain unless they united as one force. The church is in many ways in the anarchy of tribalism. God's end time persecution is forcing us to become as one. Amen. And as we move as one, I pray, Father, that they may be one as we are one. And as we move as one, the anointing of unity 
enables us to recover our nation-state status because this system is the beast. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 25 are the goat nations that are part of a system that will persecute the Jew and the Christian. This, on the other hand, and thank God there's some hope for this, even though I'm fought curse enough by religious preachers, is sheep nations. Jesus said, I will separate the sheep from the goats. He's gathering nations. Well, that tells me why the Antichrist is going forth to war. I admit he's invincible, but he's fighting somebody because somebody isn't cooperating. Who isn't cooperating? The sovereign sheep nations. The word for sheep nation is sovereign. Meaning, we have our own will regarding our religious beliefs, our culture, our history, and we will not bow the knee to your perversion. In the European Union, the beast is the European Union. The sheep is Hungary and Viktor Orban. The sheep is Poland. I can show you the sheep nations because they rebel against the LGBTQ indoctrination of their children. Well, you're getting political now, Brother Lance. Of course, I'm not really getting political. I'm not getting involved with politics. Politics got involved with me. And so, where we are now, and I must conclude, is we're at a point where Colorado Springs is trying to raise up apostolic centers that can help deploy the body of Christ. Because if you want to see exactly where God is at, if you want to know where he's at right now, when Israel went back into the promised land in 1948, was the restoration of Israel, it's beginning of the end of the Gentile era. Listen to me as a Jew telling you, the end time harvest of Gentiles is coming in now. God plans on an outpouring of his spirit, and the devil's not going to be able to stop it. Greater power and greater glory is coming upon us because we have greater warfare. 1948, Israel became a nation. And what I want you to see is that the restoration books, that's Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, the books that talk about the Jews coming back from their Babylonian Daniel deliverances. Daniel prayed until Cyrus came to power. When Cyrus came to power, he made a decree that fulfilled what Jeremiah had prophesied, 70 years for my people. And he said, go back and rebuild your house. Go back and rebuild the house of God. I'm telling you that one part of this move of God is a revival coming upon us to rebuild the house the way God wants it, a house for the nation, a house for Colorado Springs. And what's different between that house and the old model is that not only it is a revival house, but the second part of that is that they went from Cyrus comes along, then they go to build the house of God, then right after that, the walls and the gates. Whoa, what is that, Brother Walnut? Nehemiah shows up. He says, the temple is good, but everybody's afraid to live in the city because hell has taken over the community. So going to church and being in the sanctuary with security guards at the door is fine. Far better to have a city that is safe. So they rebuilt the walls. That's what this is. The second phase is the house of God gets revived. The walls, this is the seven mountain area. The walls that surround the city must be reoccupied. The gates have to be taken back by the people of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what you see is over here you have a 
you have a guy named Zerubbabel who shows up. That's those of you that are involved with business and government and education. You're not, you're not preachers like we are in the pulpits. But also you've got Joshua who was, uh, who was the son of the priesthood. He was the priest working with Zechariah. When you move on to the wall stage, you've got Nehemiah, who's a governor, just like Zerubbabel, working with Ezra, who's just like Joshua, a priest. God wants the church and the government to come together as one. He wants the gospel in government. You keep separating this because the devil told you to separate it. And you know what you're going to get? You're going to get more demons. Put the wall up. Well, you don't put the wall up between the church and the state. Put the wall up so the state isn't invaded by the demons. This is the new model. Cyrus rulers coming to power. God's putting the house of God back in order and new churches are being found. His focus is going to be restoring the walls and gates so that you can have a sheep nation that doesn't collapse to the beast. That's how that ties in. We keep going the way that we're going. This weird transgender thing is if you can turn a man into a woman, you can turn a sheep into a goat. Don't let this country become a goat. You don't have to. Because God's not giving it over to the devil. Well, I'm going to give away some things here. All right, some of you need to know how to access the throne room of God. So like Esther is one of those books. Esther, Nehemiah, those are the, those are the books that have to do when Israel came back, 1948. These books are alive right now. It's okay if you don't catch it right. You don't even know what I'm going to offer yet. All right. How to pray in the Holy Ghost. This one's a wild one. If you don't pray in tongues, you need this one. If you pray in tongues and it's boring, you need this one. This is for how to break controlling spirits by praying in the Holy Ghost. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you pray? Well, okay. You got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Oh, you are? You pray in tongues? All right, here. I want you to pray for him to get filled with the Holy Ghost and share it with him. All right, I got Billy Graham's prophecy. This is another little book that I got, very profound revelation for this hour, how government is rising up to shut down the church. Billy Graham was literally laying in the Capitol during the Feast of Purim. It was Esther's feast. But I want you guys to understand this. We're going to let you have that to read that. And, uh, ooh, I didn't know I had this. Seven Mountain Strategy, The Rise and Fall of Nations. Yeah. All right, pastor, we were talking. Where's the pastor? We were talking about this would be one that you got to hear for later because that's really about this whole sheep nations, goat nation thing. But I did that one in 2017, so it has more Trump stories in it than I give now. God's chaos code is everything I'm teaching. Because the chaos says, see, God is going to give you Cyrus rulers. For what? The purpose of building his house. That's the H. And if you'll answer the call of God, like Colorado Springs is being given a call, then you have an awakening. And you're going to have the CHA. Then God's going to give you the ability to occupy government education. You're going to start to reoccupy your city. That's the O. And finally, Colorado Springs will be a sheep city even in a goat state, if that happens. That's the S. C-H-A-O-S. That's the chaos code. So you guys want to know, everything I'm teaching is in these two books. 
Does that make sense? All right. Everything I'm teaching is in those two books. All right. Let me pray for you. And my consulting stuff, which isn't up here now, I got my high-end stuff. It's my $200, $100 material. That's where I coach business owners to help them the higher end. In other words, people that actually want to be able to take their mountain, that are in the mountain business. I have a four-part series of how I coach my clients. I wanted to take a minute to talk about one of my great heroes of the faith, which is Mike Lindell. What's really cool about Mike is it's not just the pillow. It's the fact that the guy makes really cool products. For instance, I start my day off with a my coffee. I had a cup of coffee uh, the other day here in the office, and I said, no, I want that. It wasn't like Starbucks. It tastes better. And it was Mike's coffee. I said, what is it? They go, Mike Lindell's coffee. I said, my gosh, get a bunch of my coffees. Now, the best way to start the day is you put on these slippers, right? And have your my coffee. If you've not worked with these slippers yet, I'm not kidding you. There's a special kind of a design that Mike has uh, put into these with four layers of cushion with a solid sole and a fur interior. I call it my sip and slip strategy. I start my day off by slipping on my slippers and having a sip of Mike's coffee. But you know what else I'm curious about now? Because I've got to check out the 2.0 pillow. The 2.0 pillow actually is designed so that it distributes the heat of your own head, your face, you know, you're lying there and it it uh, makes it so the pillow's always cool. Now, I like that, because I wake up in the middle of the night and have to flip over my pillow because it gets hot. Mike's solved that problem. I want you to go to MyPillow.com, promo code Lance, because you can get a discount that I've set up for the pillows, for the coffee, and uh, for the slippers. And do it today, you'll be happy. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends, because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.